disclaimer. This episode does include gruesome details about true events. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Crime Vine podcast. I'm your host, Felicity Brooke, and if you are new here... Basically, this is a true crime podcast, and I like to stick with cases that aren't as widely known across the globe. I feel like every victim deserves justice, and every victim's family deserves closure, and not every case makes it to major news publications or even known for that fact. I have, you guys have actually told me about a lot of cases on my Instagram that have just kind of been closed because they found, say, a body and they just figured, like, that's it. We don't have to furthermore the investigation or there is no body and they're just believing that it was a runaway case. There's so many different cases that are like that. So what I try to do is I try to bring those to the public's eye and make everybody aware of that case because who knows? One of my listeners could have information about the case and it could lead to closing a case or just major breaks in a case. I also don't want to be like every other true crime podcaster or YouTuber and doing the same cases over and over and over again. I feel like it's a little redundant. But um, before we get into this episode, I do want to ask you guys to please rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. And if you could also subscribe and hit that bell notification to be notified when I do upload a new podcast episode so you don't have to kind of check back every once in a while. You'll just get the notification instantly to your phone as soon as I upload. Also, um, if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Twitter, I am very, very active with victim advocacy over there. So I do talk to um, the victim's families directly on Twitter. I also do share updates on cases over there as well. So I'm at the Crime Van PO1 and before we get into this episode, I do have a major case update for you guys. Now, if you are following me on Twitter, then you probably already know this um, update if you read it. But I did do an episode a while back on the case of AJ Friend. And I mentioned that this one hit really close to home because it is it happened around where I grew up. So um, this case is very near and dear to my heart. And especially because it involves a five-year-old little boy who's just tormented his entire life. So if you guys are not familiar with that case, go ahead, pause this episode and go listen to that one so I don't spoil anything or you can just skip ahead and then come back to the case update when you have finished that episode. But so for the case update, Cunningham, which is the mother of AJ Friend, recently, a few days ago, pleaded guilty to the first degree murder of AJ. And she is currently facing 20 to 60 years in prison, and she has to serve the entire sentence with no possibility for parole. And she is scheduled for a status hearing on January 30th, 2020. Now, police have released more information. They have released a video of um, that Cunningham had recorded. Now, there's two separate videos. They didn't release the video. They released information what was on the video and described what was on the video. Now, just warning, guys, this is very, very hard to hear. It was very hard for me to read. I nearly broke down in tears the other night when I read it, but just warning, you guys. So, there was two videos that they described. One video was on... Um, March 4th and it showed that um, Cunningham was recording AJ as he laid on a bare mattress in a crib and AJ looked to have small white bandages covering areas on both his forearms and he had a cloth bandage wrapped loosely around his waist. 
There were wounds and bruising on his arms and waist, and AJ was also holding a large ice pack over his face. When the ice pack was removed, it showed severely swollen eyes covered with dark, large red bruises. During the video, Cunningham is berating AJ for soiling the mattress. Now, prosecutors also detailed a March 27th video in which Cunningham confronted and choked AJ after he threatened to get her in trouble with someone. And at one point, she tells him to um, not to bullshit her. Excuse my French. Um, That's a direct quote, by the way. And she was asking him that, A, if he thinks she is dumb and does not know the answers to the question she is asking, she then grabs him by the throat and pushes him against the wall, insisting that he tell her who is he going to get her in trouble with until AJ chokes for air. Now, after AJ says he loves his family, Cunningham responds with, bullshit, you don't show it. Now, there was also information about friend senior which is the father of aj his confession now he his confession was on april 24th and he confessed to um he confessed after they found search for an iphone on his iphone for child cpr he told the police that aj died at some point in the evening of april 14th after cunningham had engaged in some hitting and aj had been placed in a cold shower now Now, he also said that Cunningham would hit AJ and there oftentimes he had to intercede and stop that from happening and he had to try to convince Joanne that that's not the way to go, that he's just five. So she had to come up with the idea of putting him in a cold shower as punishment. Friend said that AJ was in the shower for about 20 minutes and then um, because he had his underwear in which he had soiled and After about 20 minutes, then he took him out of the shower and he placed him in his bed naked and wet. And then Cunningham woke friend up at around 3 a.m. on April 15th after she found that AJ was not breathing. After realizing that AJ was dead, friend senior told Cunningham that he would handle it and placed AJ's remains in a large plastic tote in the basement. And then on April 17th, he drove to the rural area outside of Woodstock where he buried AJ in a shallow grave. Now, Dr. Mark Wittick, who is a forensic pathologist, revealed that AJ had multiple blunt force injuries to his head, torso, and extremities. Dr. Wittick also noted the following. A. Severe swelling of head tissues with multiple bruises and abrasions. B. Severe swelling of brain. C. Multiple abrasions and contusions of torso and all four extremities. D. Bilateral inhaled blood in lungs. And E. Pattern injuries of small circular abrasions on central forehead. These circular abrasions match the pattern of the detachable showerhead's spray face. Cunningham and Friend Senior were both charged with first-degree murder, aggravated battery, aggravated domestic battery, and one count of failure to report a missing child or child death. And Friend Senior was also charged with concealment of a homicidal death. Now, since Cunningham came out and pleaded guilty, the additional charges against her were dropped after she pleaded guilty for the first degree murder in a blind plea on Thursday morning. Now, Friend Senior um, and Cunningham still both remain 
in the McHenry County Jail on a $5 million bond. So that was a kind of a long update on that case. Um, if you are interested in keeping updated with the cases that you hear on my podcast or just any other uh, cases that I haven't necessarily covered, then you can go ahead and check that out on Twitter. And I'm also on Instagram at the Crime Vine Podcast, and that's more of a laid back meme type of area. Now that we have this long intro slash update, if you guys want to grab yourselves a drink, because this vine will rope you in. Brianna Williams and Taylor Rose Williams are a mother-daughter from Jacksonville, Florida. They lived in the Southside Boulevard apartment complex and then moved to a house in Brentwood on Ivy Street. They had moved to this location just a few days prior to Taylor going missing. On November 6, 2019, Brianna Williams went to go check on her five-year-old daughter, Taylor Rose Williams. She expected her daughter to be in her room sleeping only that was not the case. Brianna noticed Taylor was missing. She began to panic and called 911 at 7.20 a.m. This is also when she noticed that the back door was mysteriously unlocked. Immediately, an Amber Alert was issued stating that Taylor was missing. Brianna had told the Jacksonville police that she had last seen Taylor in her bed around midnight. Brianna is a petty officer in the Navy. She was assigned to the Tactical Operations Center at Naval Air Station Jacksonville in April 2018, after enlisting in November of 2012. Since Brianna was the last known witness, she was crucial to this investigation. She cooperated for a short period of time before she completely stopped cooperating. The community started to question the reliability of Brianna. Some people came forward with the information that they actually haven't seen Taylor in weeks. Of course, this started to make police question Brianna's statement. Police were not able to confirm the last known time that Taylor was seen with Brianna. The very next day, Brianna had chosen to stop cooperating with detectives, leaving the sheriff to plead with the community for any information on when her and Taylor may have last been seen together. The search for five-year-old Taylor began. About 300 officers, firemen, and other officials from different agencies, such as the FBI, formed a search party on that Wednesday. They searched a one-square-mile radius around their Brentwood home, knocking on roughly 600 doors to find her. More investigators were led to the Southside Boulevard apartment complex where they previously lived by evidence and testimonies from the community. One of the neighbors claims that Taylor would oftentimes be wandering outside unattended. Records also show that the last time that Taylor attended daycare on the base was April 29th. Authorities started to notice the inconsistencies in Brianna's statement. Due to her inconsistencies and data analysis with the help of federal agents led them to a dirt road in Demopolis, Alabama, where Brianna is originally from. During them discovering the inconsistencies, they realized the statement about the back door being unlocked was actually fabricated. 
Brianna also told investigators that Taylor was living with her mother through the month of October in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. She also said she picked Taylor up on Halloween. Brianna's mother denied this claim and also stated that the last time they saw Taylor was more than a year ago. On November 12th, which was just six days after Taylor went missing, police found remains in a wooded area in Alabama. Shortly after these remains were discovered, Brianna was actually arrested and charged with child neglect and providing false information to the police. Details about the type of child neglect have not been released. Police are withholding most of the information in this case due to trying to figure out what actually happened to Taylor. On November 25th, it was confirmed that the remains found in Demopolis, Alabama belonged to five-year-old Taylor Rose Williams through DNA testing. At this point, it is hard to tell how long Taylor has been deceased, but there are experts working on an answer to that. Michael Knox, who was a former Jacksonville Sheriff's Office investigator, recently came out stating that it will be difficult to find out what actually happened to Taylor since all they found were skeletal remains. If there was a blunt force trauma or a bullet wound, it would be easier to see on the skeleton. If it was drug-induced or malnourishment, it would be a lot harder to detect. He stated that in cases like this, a forensic anthropologist is oftentimes brought in. The forensic anthropologist would then dig up layers of dirt below the remains and look for any other evidence such as clothes or anything that may have wrapped the body. Much of that can contain evidence if a person placed the body there. Brianna was originally absentee booked after being hospitalized for an apparent overdose of an unknown substance. She has since been released from the hospital and is being held on a $1.1 million bond. There is no other suspect in custody at this point, but the police are not done with the search for all the answers as to what happened to Taylor. Now the police need to figure out if Taylor was in fact murdered or not and how slash what happened to her. This is still a developing case. All right, you guys. So I know this is a little bit of a short case. There is not much information out on, on this case at all. But I did know that as soon as I saw news articles and all kinds of stuff coming out about this case, I knew I just had to cover it. And I know it's still a developing case. And I was actually hemming and hawing and debating if I should have waited maybe until the case was more developed and they had more answers. But at the same time, this is something that I want to spread the word out and I want as many of you as, that are interested to be following this case and you know to really let's find out what happened to Taylor and it's crazy I know I say this all the time but you don't have to be a forensic anthropologist you don't have to be a, an officer you don't have to be a special agent of some kind or a scientist or anything like that with the help of social media we can actually find out and help find out answers for cases and it's up to us to spread the word and maybe somebody is out there that knows something about this case there wasn't any information um, about a father of Taylor so who knows I don't know the the 
I don't know the background with the father. I don't know if the father was in the picture. I don't know any of that just because that information was not released. So, but in case there is a father in the picture, you know, maybe the father had something to do with it. Maybe something, somebody on the naval base knows something. There's got to be somebody out there with more answers. And I know Brianna has more that she knows more than she is letting on, especially since she decided to stop cooperating 24 hours after, you know, being all in in this investigation and helping officers. That just seems like an awfully short time to be deciding, oh, I'm not going to cooperate anymore. And it's the the mother of this poor little girl. Like, why would the mother of all people stop cooperating? Now, I'm not saying she's guilty or anything like that, because in the American court system, everybody is innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. So I'm not saying any of that. I'm just kind of, you know, bringing out different ways of looking at it, raising questions and all that. I do want to know what you guys think about this case, though. Um, do you do you think that the mother had something to do with it? Do you think she was abducted? I think it's a little weird um, that the public did come out and say um, people in the community said that they haven't seen Taylor in weeks and then when they did see her Taylor five years old mind you would be wandering outside alone with no parental supervision or no supervision at all and the neighbors thought that was kind of weird too so um, the fact that a five-year-old is outside alone that just it just shows a little bit of neglect and then she was charged with neglect but they aren't um, I found that information out from a press conference but they are not releasing what type of child neglect um, if you guys want to watch both those press conferences I will link them down below um, in fact that's where I got most of my no- information so I'll link all my sources down below um, if you're on YouTube it'll be in the description box or if you're on iTunes or some or any other platform it'll be in the show notes um but yeah, that was a little a little weird. And also the fact that just the amount of lying that Brianna was doing in this case really kind of got to me and made me really start to question things. Um, the fact that she lied about Taylor's whereabouts for the entire month of October makes me believe, um, was Taylor dead all along? Like, was she even alive, you know, in October at all? And I know that it's like a horrible thought to have, But if the community said that they haven't seen Taylor in weeks, that would make sense. And then she comes up with the lie that Taylor was at her grandparents' house in Alabama. Her her, Taylor's grandparents came out and said, "Uh, no, that we haven't seen Taylor in over a year. I don't know why she said that. So it kind of seems like she was trying to put off the blame maybe on the grandparents. But then at the same time, she said she picked Taylor up on Halloween. So... It just it's so confusing. Nothing makes sense to me. None of this is making sense at all. Um, I guess if we're going with the theory that if she was in Alabama and um, that Brianna did go and pick Taylor up, then maybe something happened on Halloween. And that's why her body was found in Demopolis um, or it was a wooded area between Demopolis and Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So it's a little fishy. Everything is a little weird. There's a lot of questions in this case, a lot of unknown answers, but I just, I, I need to know more about this case. So I am definitely going to stay updated with this case. So you can expect as soon as there is updates out on this case, I will definitely be posting them on my Twitter. So again, my Twitter handle is at the crime vine PL one and my Instagram handle is at the crime vine podcast. Again, I just want to preface that Instagram is more of a light comical space I post memes on Instagram Twitter is more serious so if memes and like serial killer memes and all that stuff is not your jam then 
my Instagram is probably not the place for you, but definitely check out my Twitter and also subscribe because we are now on YouTube. And thank you guys all so much for listening. If you guys have any cases that you want to hear me cover, please comment them down below if you're on YouTube or DM them to me on Twitter or Instagram, or I even have a post on in my Instagram about cases that you guys want to hear me cover and I have a comment thread going. So thank you guys all so much for listening and I will talk to you guys in my next podcast episode.